Kuznetsov for Ovechkin, drive! He scores! 700 red lights! Big congratulations to Alex Ovechkin for scoring gold number, number 700, as you just heard in the intro. That was like minutes after the episode was uploaded for last week, so that kind of sucks, mm-hmm. but congrats to Ovi for scoring 700. Um, finally, the boys are back together to discuss many things like the NHL trade deadline, our end-to-end awards, and Joe Spicy Meeple that has been thawing out for a week now, so we'll get to that uh, at the end of the episode. I'm TV alongside me as Joe and Flags here for t- episode 20 of End-to-End. Boys, we had a busy trade deadline, one of the busiest in trade deadline history, actually. There were a lot of moves. Uh, we'll get, I guess we'll write right into it. But first, how has your week been? I know you've been busy with school and that. So, like, how was it? I was a busy uh, first week busy, back. Yeah. Very busy first week back. Yeah, I'm getting railed over this weekend right now. I've got two assignments, that, two on Monday. So, yeah, getting, just getting Other railed. Than that, it was a nice trade deadline. We had a nice trade deadline to follow on Monday, which was kind of kind of nice for once because it seems like in the last couple of years, they've kind of slowed down and not many... Mm-hmm. Big moves have been made on the trade deadline day, but this year there was a couple good trades that I I thought they caught my eye, so I enjoyed that. Yeah, we'll get right into it. I mean, we just mentioned that Ovi scored a 700 goal, and they acquired a guy who's a, a former or former Team Russia player in the 2014 Olympic Games with Alexander Ovechkin, and at the World Championships, Ilya Kovalchuk scoring to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a third-round pick to, to the Montreal Canadiens. That happened on Sunday night. Uh, I know, uh, obviously, Joe's a Habs fan. What's your reaction on this one? I think it's solid. They basically signed him for nothing, and then they just flipped him for a third, which, you know, a third's not as good as a second, obviously, because his value kind of dropped just before the deadline. But I think they did him a solid by sending him to Washington with his boy Ovi. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 there's like a kind of a sense, I guess, from what I've seen on Twitter, that they're going to re-sign him in the offseason, Montreal is. For like a one year, maybe like three million dollar contract or something like that, because he did enjoy his time in Montreal, uh, allegedly. So we'll see about that. But I'm perfectly fine with the third round pick. Yeah, I think it's a good trade too. Honestly, the Washington Capitals look scary right now. I <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if they win a cup this year. They're definitely a contender. Yeah, well, you have Alex Ovechkin. I mean, he's pretty dominant, and yeah, they already have a bunch of Russians like Dmitry Orlov, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Ilya Kovalchuk. Just adds to that. And I think, like, also the price was kind of cheap because, as Joe mentioned, like, I think they could get him back in the offseason. Like, I think Mark Bergevin is very confident that they will get him in the offseason, so that's why they didn't ask for a lot uh, because they think he might re-sign with Montreal. So, hopefully that happens. he really likes it there, too. Like, he he only had good things to say about Montreal. And I think he even said something, like, I don't know why free agents eliminate Montreal, like, as hmm. the first team off of their list when they're looking to sign somewhere. <coughs> John like Tavares. They really shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> John Tavares literally just said, you know, nope, I'm not going to Montreal. But, yeah, Kovalchuk could go back in the offseason. I don't know what the cap situation is going to be then there because he's making, like, league minimum with Montreal right now and now with Washington. So, yeah, so in that deal, they re- re- retained $350,000, and uh, Montreal is paying $350,000 as well. So 50% they're paying uh, in this deal as well. To be fair to Tavares, his pajamas didn't match the team that he went to. So, that, that, so yeah, he, he can end up going there, man. The pajamas don't lie. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Childhood dream. Yeah. yeah. yeah childhood <laughs> dream of being eliminated in the first round two years in a row. Let's go. All right. Next trade on the board, we have the Edmonton Oilers who are busy. Uh, they acquired Mike Green in exchange for Kyle Brodziak's contract and a conditional fourth round pick. That was really early on uh, uh, February 24th. 
2020, the trade deadline. So Mike Green's currently out, I think, three to four weeks with an MCL sprain. Mm-hmm. So that acquisition kind of looks bad right now. But at the end of the day, what do you guys think about this one for the Edmonton Oilers? Didn't I mean, he I thought get it was good. Injured after, didn't he get injured after the trade? Yeah. It was like the day after, wasn't that kind of sucks? Like making a deal. I'm assuming the Edmonton Oilers are making a deal to like try and help them solidify a playoff spot, mm-hmm. and then you have them go down, Mike Green go down like that. That's that's rough, man. That really sucks. But at least they do make playoffs. They do have a nice solid defenseman on their blue line to help them uh, actually go somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with Flager on that one. Yeah, because like Green, like he's not Mike Green, Washington Capitals. Mike Green getting like sixty points or 60 assists whatever he got that one year and uh yeah i think they're just solidifying a defensive spot they have a clef bomb down as well so really thin blue line for the edmonton Oilers right now like guys like ethan bear gotta step up so um i was actually looking at this before we started the podcast adam larson has less points than chris russell and so, how many points is that i think adam larson has five and Chris Russell has eight or seven. I'm not. I'm like. I know he has more points. I'm just not sure what the gap is. I could check like really quick right now, but like. Chris Russell. Taylor Hall one for one. <laughs> Chris Russell injured right now. I think both were injured at some point in the year. All I know uh, is that that's ten. I think ten million dollars in defense. Yeah. So Adam Larson has five points. Chris Russell has eight. That's phenomenal GMing, man. Yeah. Just give a round of applause to Shirley, no, but, man. Okay, honestly, no, honestly though, the Oilers <laughs> shocked me on the trade deadline. I'm not lying. Like they actually made some, some bigger moves. Like they they got. Should we just mention the rest of the Oilers trades right now? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can trade, mention that now. They had a nice deal with the Detroit Red Wings. They uh, they got rid of Gagne, a second round pick, and or two second round picks, one in 2020, one in 2021, and they acquired. Offner, who I, honestly I know nothing about. I know he's in the AHL right now. And Andreas Athana, so I don't even know how to pronounce his name. But this is a guy that I was high on coming into the season. He's a great player in my opinion. He's really, really fast. And I th- I think, if honestly, if he plays with McDavid in the future, I think him and McDavid could do some damage because they're both really talented players. Andreas Athanaso. How the hell do you know his name? Athanasiu. <laughs> Athanasiu. Okay, there we go. I'll, yeah. I'll pronounce it correctly from now on. Uh, Athanasiu's like, I think he's about to hit 30 goals. I don't know if he did already um, yet, huh. but he was playing on one of the worst teams in the NHL. Having a season like he's been having is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, they also got Tyler Ennis from Ottawa for a fifth round pick as well. Tyler Ennis, uh, I think he was born in Edmonton. So he's from there, which is, you know, it's a pretty good signing as well for them. Add some scoring depth. Both of these guys actually, I think, scored in their first games for Edmonton, or they at least contributed in some way. So, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna the Oilers. I I don't know how what their cap situation is going into the off season, but I know for sure they'll probably try to bring back Ennis because he's home. He's to because they know he's a speedy winger. He can still produce. They can sign him to a couple year extension deal. I think the CU might be a little bit harder to bring back due to the cap, but. I think the Oilers would probably want to bring both of these guys back in the offseason. Yeah, because uh, Athens is an RFA, I believe. So mm-hmm. uh, they traded two second-round picks. i got to believe they're going to have to try and resign yeah, him. Yeah. So I mean, that's a pretty high price for Athens CU, two second-round picks. But at the end of the day, like this is just telling the Edmonton fans and it's telling Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, 
like Ken Holland's helping out, helping them out. Like they need the, all the scoring they can get in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're gonna have a tough time down the stretch with all the teams they play and the way the Pacific Division is lined up. But I think like this solidifies a lot of scoring depth for their team, which they haven't had all year. Uh, I mean, I guess you could put Josh Archibald in that mix, like a couple, like two months. He's been pretty good, but at the end of the day, they need more offensive scoring besides the Seidel and Connor McDavid because the drop from the drop from McDavid to Nugent Hopkins is like thirty points. So <laughs> you're gonna need a lot more scoring to help you out and make the playoffs. So I like that. I like what Edmonton did. Cheap prices for both guys, except the two second round picks. But hey, you're acquiring scoring, so yeah, why not? Uh, the next trade we have is Vladislav Nemestikov going to the Colorado Avalanche. In exchange for a fourth-round pick going to the Ottawa Senators, uh, I know we talked about this a bit before, uh, and we didn't like what Colorado did on the trade deadline. Uh, why is that? Fine. Okay, yeah. Uh, so they look like I think the West is wide open this year. There's not really a team that's kind of pulling away with it. And although Vegas has been hot recently, but Colorado has all that cap space available to them. And the biggest thing that they did at the deadline was picking up Vlad Nemestikov, which. He's like a third-line scoring winger at best, or maybe second line, but I just feel like they could have made a big splash Colorado with they have a ton of prospects, a ton of cap space. I just, I don't know if Sakic just like the offers that he was kind of, I guess the prices that he was getting on some players that he wanted, but I feel like they could have done a lot more because uh, I think like Rantanen's obviously out for a while. You got obviously McKinnon, the centerpiece of that team. Makar is probably going to be runner-up to Rookie of the Year because Quinn Hughes has been on fire recently. So mm-hmm. they have pieces there. Maybe Sakic wants to maybe go next year as the year to go all-in. Not all-in, but like kind of make a big push as a yeah. for sure contender. So we'll see about that because I know like that cap space is just sitting there right now. And if Colorado, say, like loses in the first round or second round, they'll kind of look at that cap space and say, like, can we acquire like a, a scoring winger or like someone of impact here to help yeah. us make a deep run? So that's why I'm a little bit disappointed in their uh, trade deadline. Yeah, I think we all are. Before we hung up last episode, Thomas and I um, mentioned that have to edit we, we honestly expected Colorado to go out and get Chris Kreider because he's he's kind of a forward that he kind of does everything and he I think he'd make a huge impact if he went to Colorado. And then halfway through the day on the trade of, trade deadline, he ended up re-signing with the New York Rangers. So that just crushed my hopes and dreams for the Colorado Avalanche to win a cup. Because mm-hmm. I, I really thought that they were going to try and put themselves in better position than they are what happened right now. To him? Yeah, so at the end of the episode last week, we said that I, I said that Kreider and Georgiev would be packaged to go to the Colorado Avalanche. But... At the end of the day, it wasn't because Kreider obviously re-signed that uh, $6.5 million deal, uh, seven years with the New York Rangers, and now he has a fractured foot, so now the Rangers are kind of like, oh god, now we're screwed, and you know, they're, they're not far from the playoffs right now, the New York Rangers, but going back to Colorado things, that would have been a mad acquisition for their team going to the playoffs, because Chris Kreider is a really good player, and then in that Western Conference, as one of our uh, listeners said, he just kind of plays that Western Conference styles where you just skate and hit and just ruin people's lives in that corner. So I really thought that would be an acquisition for the team, but at the end of the day, they didn't get that. And they also didn't make a lot of other debt moves, right, Joe? Yeah, they only got Vlad Nemestikov, which, again, is a decent player, probably a second or third line scoring winger. 
But with all that cap space they had, I mean, they could have just uh, kind of went to go get a big fish, that like a more impactful player. But maybe Joe Sackick didn't like the prices of the players that he was kind of looking at and seeing. Because I know um, he was scouting Montreal's game, so I've, I had a feeling he was going to go after Tatar. But he felt the price was too high and then just didn't want to risk it. Mm-hmm. So maybe in the offseason, we'll see maybe him use that cap space a little bit more on free agency. Maybe Taylor Hall. Never hmm. know. Yep. So we'll see with that. But I feel like maybe the big play for Joe Sakic is going after someone in the offseason like Taylor Hall. Yeah. I could, I could actually really see that happening. And that'd be a, like just adding that speed to McKinnon's speed. Oof. That'd be deadly. Um, they made another I guess we'll go to our next. Yeah, well, you can mention that now. Um, they went out and acquired Michael Hutchinson from the Leafs for Callie Rosen. This was like a what the fuck trade for me. I don't know about you guys. In terms of like, what do you mean? Like, in terms what, what of, caught you off guard? Well, first of all, Hutchinson sucks. Second of all, Callie Rosen is not our savior defenseman, and we know that from the past. I just feel like it was, I don't even know, just getting rid of Hutchinson. Like, it just didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess getting rid of Hutchinson, but Callie Rosen, like, what? what is... Wait, so what, what, what side do you hate it for? Both? I'm just saying, no, I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate it. I'm just saying it's like, like, I don't know. It was just kind of threw me off guard. I was like, okay, Callie Rosen's coming back. Like, How does that help? Like, useless? I don't think that helps. Yeah, I think it's just like, he was already here, like. I don't know. I don't want him back. <laughs> Just well, to I mean, be fully we, honest. Like, we kind of need him back. I mean, before that trade even happened, like, Jake Muzzin was healthy, and now he is not healthy anymore. So kind of comes into that role, and it's going to be in the starting lineup. That is lineup. true. That's a good So kind of thank God he made that trade, Kyle Dubas. But, yeah, a lot of Leaf fans were kind of whining and crying about getting a big defenseman. I don't think the time is right right now. But the only way you're going to kind of get that defenseman is you get rid of Tyson Berry. But... Obviously, that didn't happen at the deadline, which uh, my, myself and uh, many fans wanted to happen. But we're going to need Tyson Berry to step up. And I gave him my plunger last week. And, you know, we got two assists in that embarrassing debacle game against, yeah, the emergency goalie David Ayers. But, I mean, Tyson Berry has to be their best defenseman in the stretch drive going into the playoffs. Because if he isn't, well, this team ain't making the playoffs. And, uh yeah, I, I, I thought he was going to get dealt, but yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying, Flager. I mean, like, useless kind of like one for one, like Michael Hutchinson, not that good, but Colorado kind of needs a goalie because uh, Pavel Francis and I think Hunter Miska or Hiska, Hiska, I don't know who their backup is right now, but I guess Michael Hutchinson kind of helps them. <laughs> I don't know, because Grubauer is injured and they kind of need to fill that hole, I guess. I don't know. But Kyler Rosen's yeah. a depth. I don't think he'll do a whole lot with the Leafs, but. I mean, just getting another depth defenseman that you're familiar with, hey, why not? But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Want to recap the biggest trade of the day? Sure, let's go. Yeah, go for it. All right. So the New York Islanders, they need scoring depth horribly because they cannot score that much. So they went to get one of the biggest fish in the free, in the, I guess, the trade bait uh, market, and J.G. Pajot going to the Islanders. And Ottawa received a haul for Pajot. So they got a conditional first-round pick. And the conditions are if New York wins the draft lottery to select top three, the pick becomes a 2021 first-round pick. But that's not going to happen. So it's just a first for this year. Uh, A second-round pick. And then a conditional third-round pick in 2022. 
and the pick is transferred only if the Islanders win this year's Stanley Cup, which, again, I don't really think is going to happen. So it's basically a first for sure Good. in this year's draft and a second for sure in this year's draft, which is a great return mm-hmm. for Pajot. And then the Islanders at least made it worthwhile as they re-signed him to a long-term contract extension like a, few, like a few hours after he was acquired. So I think it's a yeah. good trade for New York and Ottawa. But the price was high, but New York really needed someone to help solidify uh, that third line center spot. So I think they did well here. I agree. I think that Barry Trotz in New York is so focused on team defense. And I think that JGP is really going to fit in there, to be honest, because he's kind of mm-hmm. your ideal two-way, two-way centerman. Like he could play on both ends of the ice. And he is of like a more of a defensive minded forward in a sense. Um, but now the depth scoring, which is what they needed, and I think they're coming out of the trade deadline better than definitely better than what they were heading into it. Yeah, for me both sides got good and, returns. I mean Oh, I thought you were still talking. I, I can't really no, hear I was you gonna say I I was gonna say and then uh, on Ottawa's end, uh, like they got really good return for him. That's definitely gonna help him in the future. All these conditional first round or all these conditional picks so just confuse the hell out of me. Yeah, for me, I think both sides got good deals. Uh, Ottawa seems to be a bit better with that first-round pick for him, but I think with that first-round pick, Lou wanted a guy for the future, and he got him. He had $5, $5 million for the next six years of Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Uh, he scored in his first two games, so he had his 25th and 26th goals of the year. This guy's going to hit 30 goals. Jean-Gabriel Pajot is going to get 30 goals. I mean... That's incredible, and yeah, the New York Islanders wanted to acquire a guy like this, both both sides of the puck, so I think good deals all around for both. Um, in our two episodes ago, we kind of went to the fans and listeners of the podcast and asked, you know, where people were going to go, and nobody has gotten anything right, so <laughs> that just tells you how weird the trade deadline was and where the teams uh, wanted to acquire people, like Kreider wasn't even traded, Pajot went to the Islanders, I predicted in one of my articles that he would go to the Islanders, but... Again, the people here said that Avalanche and uh, the Flames. So, yeah, nobody really got it right there. So, it's kind of the Islanders came off the board and they tried to acquire a good old Zach Parise to, you know, reunite him with Lou Amarillo. But obviously, cap situations didn't uh, make that happen. So, I think the Islanders were pretty good this uh, trade deadline and hope for the future. So, yeah, good trades all around for both teams. And we did see one actual, like, legitimate hockey trade, which I love to see during trade deadlines. So it has, I don't think it has anything to do with, like, the playoff push because this guy who got traded has term. And that's the Carolina Hurricanes acquiring Vincent Trocek from the Florida Panthers in exchange for Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, and two kind of, I guess, C-level prospects. So I think this is a solid trade for Carolina. It came out of nowhere. No one predicted this. Florida isn't a playoff hunt. Trocek's a pretty decent player, I would say. Mm-hmm. So they got kind of, I guess, two kind of role players in Hala and Walmart in return. And I guess it's just a change-up for both of these teams to change up their offenses a little bit, a little bit of change of scenery. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it because it came out of nowhere, and I love these types of trades on trade deadline day. Yep, that's fair. Yeah, I was a big fan of it too, to be honest. You're right. Like, when trades like this happen, happens and like, and no one predicts it. It's honestly the best kind of news. I and analyzing the trade, I think it's good mm-hmm. on both ends. Uh, I think Trocek, he's a great player, but I don't know. For me, he just wasn't cutting it in Florida. So the fact that Carolina ended up acquiring him, and now the Panthers have Eric Hall to replace him, I think it's. I honestly, I think it's a good deal. 
no uh, no one lost that one in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the thing for me is like, I think the Florida Panthers know something we don't about Vincent Trocheck because like this guy's pretty good. I mean, he's never gotten to his form a couple years ago where he scored thirty one goals and had seventy five points. But like Vincent Trocheck's a hell of a player, both sides of the puck and. Eric Hall and Lucas Walmark. Uh, I believe Walmark's an RFA and Eric Hall is an, a UFA. So there's a little rumor going out on Twitter that the owner of the Florida Panthers wanted this trade to happen to open up $10 million in cap space to sign uh, number 68, Mike Kaufman, and number 63, Evgeny Dadunov this offseason because Joel Quenville loves those two players and uh, wasn't wasn't a big fan of any Trocek. So I think, uh, yeah, that rumor is kind of surfacing around and they opened up a lot of cap space because I don't believe they'll sign Eric Hollett and RFA Walmart will probably get signed to a cheap deal with them if he does. But, I mean, I like Vincent Trocek on a player and that's kind of a weird rumor to be surfacing right now, but uh, it tells me something that we don't know about Vincent Trocek. So I like both trades. I mean, good hockey trade for the Carolina Hurricanes are acquiring a guy who can, he has the potential to get back to his form uh, with 75 points, because he's going to be surrounded with a lot of great players in Carolina. But at the end of the day, it's a good hockey trade for the Carolina Hurricanes. Another kind of minor trade here. Montreal acquires a fifth-round pick in 2021 for fourth-line center Nate Thompson. Again, just a depth deal for Philly. Um, they solidify that fourth-line center spot. Montreal gets a pick in return, so nothing really to say about that one. But the one that's, that's kind of interesting is the Penguins acquiring 40-year-old, 5 million games played Patrick Marlowe from the San Jose Sharks for a conditional third-round pick. And it, the conditions are if they win the 2020 Stanley Cup, then the pick will be upgraded to a second-round pick. So basically, Penguins could win the Cup this year, so it could end up being a second-round pick for, in return for Marlowe. So this looks like Marlowe's last kick at the can for a Stanley <laughs> Cup. Him and Joe Thornton obviously don't have one. Joe Thornton was not traded at the deadline, and he was pretty disappointed about it. But I don't know if it was because he didn't want to waive his no-trade clause or the teams that offered to get him were not serious contenders. So anyways, but Marlowe ends up moving on to Pittsburgh. Hopefully he can end up winning one with Crosby. So we'll see what happens there. The way the Penguins have been playing recently, I don't think they're going to end up winning a cup. They're on a five-game losing streak right now. They're not looking (laughs) too hot. Uh, Joey, yeah, they were they're receiving an award. You mentioned the Habs move before. The Habs made another little minor deal too. They sent uh, Matthew Pekka to the Senators for Aaron Luchuk and a seventh round pick as well. So they were making, they were busy on the trade deadline, but they weren't making any huge blockbusters. They also sent uh, Nick Cousins to Vegas for a 2021 fourth round pick as well. Yeah, right. Good trade for Vegas, in my opinion. That's a yeah. solid player they're getting for their third and fourth line. And as well, uh, like another third and fourth line player, Derek Grant going to the Philadelphia Flyers. This guy has like 15 goals or something this year or something like that. And, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of depth of Philadelphia Flyers because they believe they're going to, you know, make it past that first round um, and try and win a Stanley Cup. So that's another depth move for the Philadelphia Flyers. And then Anaheim was busy once again. They got Danton Heinen from the Boston Bruins in exchange for Nick Ritchie. The Bruins just love big bodies, and Nick Ritchie is yeah, probably one of the biggest bodies in the National Hockey League. So, Honestly, if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm scared heading into if they're even going to make playoffs. But if the <laughs> Leafs have to play the Bruins again this year, 
I would put my money on the Bruins to win. It's going to be a wrap, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they do. They're, they're, they have speed. They have size. They have skill. They have everything. The Boston Bruins. They have Bruins scoring. Like, they have team defense. They have goaltender. They have everything. They have our freaking goaltender. We traded their color analyst for, man. Andrew Let's Raycroft. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, so that's a bummer. But uh, another, like, Two moves were kind of weird for me. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres were kind of active this uh, this uh, trade deadline, and they got Wayne Simmons uh, from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for a fifth-round pick. And they also picked up Dominic Cahoon, who spent a cup of tea in Pittsburgh, and they cha- they exchanged him for Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary's going back to Pittsburgh. Kind of just want to talk about the Buffalo Sabres for a second. Was it a weird move that they got Wayne Simmons? Yes. yes. And why was it a weird move? Well, they're because not playoffs. exactly, like they're not going to make playoffs. <laughs> I don't. I honestly think Buffalo was approached by New Jersey for this trade, and I think New Jersey was like, "All right, like we just want to get rid of Simmons, so take him. We'll retain fifty percent of the cap. Uh, all we want is like a conditional pick, and that's exactly what happened. I think. I don't think Buffalo went out and wanted to make this move. I think it was the opposite. I think the Devils just kind of wanted to get rid of Simmons because Simmons yeah, has not that. been playing well for New Jersey at all. No. Well, he hasn't it doesn't been help when you when you don't really have like a a great team or line mates to play with you. So yeah, I mean Wayne Simmons uh, last trade deadline got a first round pick, and uh, now he's getting a fifth round pick in exchange for his body. So I, I don't, I mean he's really fallen off the train, man. Like <laughs> I I don't understand what's happening with Wayne Simmons. I I guess he can't skate anymore. Uh, the only thing he can do is hit. Which is, uh, you know, I think most players in the NHL by now should be able to be hitting, and you know, Wayne Simmons can't really catch up anymore. But I, I, I guess like the GM, well, who's it, Botterill, is telling his team that I guess we're trying to make a run for the playoffs, even though I don't think they will. But I mean, that's a that's a weird trade for me there. Uh, what other trades could we talk about? Well. I guess one we could talk about is Jacob Marchand went down for three to four weeks, so the Vancouver Canucks acquired Louis Domingue in exchange for a minor league goalie Zane McIntyre, former Bruin there. Uh, kind of a depth move for the organization as well as a uh, they're filling a role in the backup goalie uh, for Thatcher Demko, who's going to be starting for the next three to four weeks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a good move there. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty solid move for the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, Domingue hasn't had good numbers, but he's also been playing on the terrible New Jersey Devils this year, so... I mean, yeah, that's a good depth move for them. Uh, what other trade is there that actually matters? I guess we'll talk about the Flames here. Derek Fortport goes to the Calgary Flames in exchange for a conditional fourth-round pick. And then Eric Gustafson uh, goes to the Calgary Flames as well for a conditional third-round pick. So what do you guys think about the two defensemen uh, trade for the Flames? How, how do you like those? Uh, honestly, I think, like, they're, they're whatever moves for me, like, they're only giving up conditional picks, which is a good thing, in my opinion. Like, they're not really risking future assets, and they're getting, like, decent defensemen in return. I think, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think about it. I, I like the Gustafson one because he did have 60 points last year, and he's been god-awful this year. But I feel like it's a decent signing. They only give up a conditional third for him. Forbert's kind of like a sixth or seventh D, so I don't really care about that. But Gustafson's <laughs> kind of interesting to me. If he can rediscover some sort of offensive form, then I think it would be a great trade for Calgary. Yep. Eric Gustafson is a uh, 
a mess in the defensive zone, but he's a he's a great offensive defenseman. And yeah, like Joe said, if he gets back to his offensive form, the Calgary Flames have definitely won that trade. Uh, he's currently playing on the top power play unit with the likes of Elias Lindholm, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monet, and Matthew Kachuk. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's bound to get a power play point there, a goal or an assist. So, I like the trade there. Not a high, um, not a high cost for them. And I believe he is a UFA at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, so he'll be a UFA at the end of the year. Whether he hits or not, I mean, I think the Flames should try and sign him because TJ Brody's also a UFA as well. So they're going to have a tough time in Calgary signing contracts this summer. Uh, yeah. They already had a tough time last year with Kachuk and Mangiapane and uh, Sam Bennett. And Mangiapane's also an RFA this year again. So they're going to have a lot of, a lot of uh, cap trouble there uh, going to the offseason for the Flames. And then Sammy Vatanen goes to the Carolina Hurricanes from the Devils in exchange for Frederick Clayson, Yanni Kukinen, and a conditional fourth-round pick. Not a high price for Sammy Vatnin. Not no, a high price at all. No. <laughs> and that's why but, I like it yeah, for the Hurricanes, to be honest. I'm kind of upset with the Hurricanes here, you know, because they acquired Trocek, which is a hockey trade. They acquired Sammy Vatnin. I believe he's UFA at the end of the year as well. He's currently injured. And then they also acquired Brady Shea for unconditional first. Now, my question to the Carolina Hurricanes is, why the hell would you not go after Robin Leonard? After mm-hmm. what happened to your two goalies on Saturday night? Good question, indeed. With, with that price that Robin Leonard got, we'll mention that as well now. He got, I believe, a fifth-round pick and Malcolm Subban. No, sorry, a second-round pick. Salva Demon and a Malcolm Subban. Why wouldn't you pay that? Like, they were said to be interested in the offseason on Robin Leonard. And then they didn't even get him. And then, like, like Nadelkovic and Forsberg had been a mess in those two games they played. This week for the Carolina Hurricanes, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, I don't know what you guys take on is, but Vegas gets some. I mean, why the hell does Vegas need him? One two punch with Flurry down the stretch, I think. Give Flurry some games off here and there. I know Leonard started last night. He won. Flurry mm-hmm. won his first game with Leonard as his backup, got a shutout. So I think they're just gonna battle it out for the starter, and then obviously the last probably two weeks of the season, they're just gonna rest Flurry and have Leonard play. And I think Leonard's going to go somewhere and get an actual contract this offseason because he should have got one last offseason. Yeah. But he only got a one-year deal for some reason. So. With the Hawks. Like, he's, yeah, he's was, proved he has two good back-to-back back years. I think I think he should get a good long-term uh, contract this offseason. Nothing huge, but I think he'll definitely get something like... Like, I could see him signing for, like, five... Maybe, maybe four or five years. Like... Yeah. Would you say four million is reasonable for him? A Probably bit more. more. I mean, more he's making that? what is he making now? Five million. He's so, making five right he's now only, in the one year. He's making five. I actually thought he was making less than that, to be honest. No, but yeah, he definitely deserves a long term contract, either, or a yeah. longer term. Mm-hmm. He back to back years. He's had very good seasons, so he's proved himself. Someone's got to pay him now. It's it's like it's not even like back to back years. Like he had a nine oh eight in his last season in Buffalo. I like got for Buffalo. That's pretty damn good. 908 save percentage and like back to back great seasons for Rob Leonard the great story that surrounds him as well I, I just don't know why Carolina wouldn't be in on him especially with what again what just happened Saturday night the debacle there but I mean Vegas yeah two one two good punches of goalies there for Vegas and they've seen to be dominant and the Leafs weren't on the play they're retaining salary it's a mess there as well but uh yeah Carolina like I like what they did but I also didn't like what they did because yeah, their two goalies have not made saves at all this week. No. So, yeah, that's that's an issue there. And then uh, 
yeah, I think that's basically all the big trades. There were some minor deals there uh, we didn't mention. Sonny Milano going to the uh, Anaheim Ducks for Devin Shore. Uh, Matt Irwin going to the Anaheim Ducks. Christian, Christian Juice going to the Anaheim Ducks as well for Daniel Sprong. And then, yeah, we mentioned the Cousins trade. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for deadline day about the big trades. Um, yeah, I really like the trade deadline this year. It's actually very interesting. Shaker, right? Yeah, I just mentioned it quickly. But, yeah, first-round pick Probably for Brady you... Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit, a bit of high price. But, I mean, got to pay for, like, to keep the puck out of the net because they obviously don't trust their goalies enough. So, I don't know. I don't know why. Whatever. I don't know why they didn't acquire Robin Leonard, but that's my opinion. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much it for trade line day, trade deadline day. I just want to know what you guys' are opinion on what your favorite trade was and what uh, the player can do for that team going to the playoffs or whatever they uh, are going in a direction of. So you want to go first? I'll start, I think. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I'm going to go with Kovalchuk to the Washington Capitals. Um because I think, I don't know, I just think Kovalchuk, is, he still has a lot of play left in him, even though he's a little bit older. Uh, he's going to provide depth scoring for the Washington Capitals, which is huge. He's, he'll probably play on one of their top power play units, I would I would assume. Uh, and I like that he's playing with all of his Russian boys, like Ovechkin, mm-hmm. Backstrom, Kuznetsov, uh, who else is there, Orlov. He's, yep. he's on... I think he fits in very well there. I, I really like that trade for the Washington Capitals. I think mine, honestly, is Leonard going to Vegas. I think they, they real Vegas kind of realized Flurry was having a bit of an up-and-down year. His, his stats, his wins are there, but his stats aren't. So I feel like if they got him a, an actual backup, because Malcolm Subban is not very good. So that, I think they realized he's 35 years old now. Getting someone that could basically play as good as him when he's not in the net in Robin Leonard is good for them to kind of, I guess, maybe try to win the Pacific Division because right now it's between them, Edmonton, and uh, Vancouver to kind of jostle out for first in the Pacific. So I think they want to clinch home ice in that sense. And then just, I guess, stability. So then if Fleury is feeling tired, you could throw mm-hmm. Leonard in. He's very good. So I think that was it was a bit of an underrated sneaky deal by Vegas. Yep. What's yours, Thomas? I think I just got to give a lot of credit to the Ottawa Senators because, I mean, getting a first, a second, a conditional third, a fourth-round pick, and then what else did they get? A fifth-round pick. Like, they're just stockpiling these picks for next year in 2021. So I, I really think Pierre Dorian, like, really knows the direction. I think we all know the direction. They're not going to be very good for the next years. But if they draft properly, sign properly, and trade properly, I think this team's really good in the next, I'd say, four years at least to can really, like, make the playoffs and start – you know, beating teams that are really good. So, I mean, they already have some talent, and they were trading away talent, and I think what they're getting is very good in, in picks. So I think this offseason it's time for the Auto Centers to trade one of those first-round picks. They have three. I think the, they're going to trade one of those first-round picks for an actual good player. Whether that player would like to go to the Auto Center is not, their, is not his choice, but I think the Auto Centers really need to get that guy to play alongside Brady Kachuk. And uh, I guess you can add Colin White in there, even though he's had a disaster season as well as Thomas Shabbat. So I really think one of those first-round picks will be dealt. And, yeah, I just really like what the Ottawa Senators have been doing. So that's probably my team or trades that uh, of the trade deadline. So, yep. And that was a long time talking about the trade deadline. We'll get into the awards segment of the NTN Puck Talk podcast. We'll start off with the hard hat, as always, and I'll, I'll take uh, the reins first. So my player of the week is uh, Michael Backlund. Uh, in past three games this week, he's recorded three goals, four assists for seven points. 
He's been a plus four this past week and has a 37.5 shooting percentage. Uh, he's also had zero penalty minutes uh, in his past week of play. His move against, I, I forgot the defenseman was on Nashville, but Manny Tidre didn't pass it to Mangiapane and he put it in. And uh, the Flames obviously lost that game with scoring a goal, uh, Michael Granlin with 0.1 left on the clock and then overtime losing. Tough way to end the week in those four games, but uh, you know I think Michael Backlund's been a solid player for them this past like what I would say month and a half, and he's been getting a lot of points and he's been stepping up when you know Monaghan can't get scoring or the depth can't get scoring. So I think Michael Backlund has to be this good, and yeah, he's been this good. So Michael Backlund's my hard hat recipient. All right, I like that one. Um, I'm gonna go with a New York Ranger this week. I feel like I don't think we've ever picked a Ranger for the hard hat at all. I'm going to go with Artemi Panarin. Uh, in the last week, seven days, he has one goal, six assists, one power play assist, two hits, five blocks, and a point in every game this month. Um, so, I don't know. I think the Rangers, they've been looking really good. Panarin's been providing a lot of offense for them. He has, I think, nine points in his last five games as well. The Rangers are on an 8-2 and two run right now. This season, I was looking at um, Panarin's season stats. 63 mm-hmm. games played, 88 points, and get this, plus 35. You know I like my plus minus. I'm giving <laughs> my hard hat to Artemi Panarin this week. I think he deserves it. So we just talked about how good the trade deadline was for the Ottawa Senators. Well, they just had another very good feel-good uh, story that happened to them. So Bobby Ryan, um, in November, I believe, or December, he I think it was November, he went to he basically admitted himself into the NHLPA substance abuse program and so he obviously didn't play he was getting some much needed help as he had uh, alcohol issues mm-hmm. due to a very terrible uh, upbringing and childhood so he returned I believe on Tuesday it was his first game but they were on the road Ottawa was and he didn't record a point but however in his first game back in Ottawa which was on Thursday he recorded a hat trick in his first game back in Ottawa, as I said, from coming back from the substance abuse program, and it was just a very yeah. he was he got really emotional at mm-hmm. the end. Uh, he got the hat trick. He went to the bench, and you could see him actually crying on the bench after. It it was great to see him come back and score a hat trick. I mean, I know his contract is like terrible, but like <laughs> things like that, like stories like this, is why like people love hockey. Moments like this is like you can't write it. Basically, like even if Hollywood were to make a movie, they couldn't mm-hmm. predict that this would happen. Someone coming back from a substance abuse program for alcoholism, and then scoring a hat trick at home. Yeah, it was it was it was great to see. That's yeah, a good pick, Bobby Ryan for Bill Masterton? Question mark. Yeah, it's, maybe, it's definitely maybe. it's definitely up for a case. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely there. Yeah. That uh, that was only one good hockey story uh from this past week there was also we didn't even mention the david aries thing yet we've alluded um, how, to it yeah <laughs> I, I have now um david aries a former Navoni driver for the toronto Maple Leafs and toronto marlies uh ended up coming in to relieve carolina <laughs> hurricanes uh injured goaltenders on saturday night and david aries he let in two goals i think it was they were both in the second period uh when he first came in and then he ended up uh, stopping everything in the third against the Toronto Maple Leafs, unfortunately, which that really embarrassed the Leafs. Uh, I know I've been seeing way too many memes about that on social media this past week, but good for David Aries and the Carolina Hurricanes. I know Aries uh, 
has a stick in the Hall of Fame now. Uh-huh. Um, honestly, I think that's kind of questionable. Like, I think he's getting a little bit too much popularity. I don't know what you guys think about that. You know what? I will. Uh, I'll save my comments for the end of the episode because I feel like, uh, you know, and I'm not gonna blow up about it because, like, whatever. But I mean, I'll leave it to the end of the episode to discuss about David Aries story. So okay. So Wait, I why? think the why stick do you is a bit much. If it was versus any other team. Because uh, okay. it's a better talking point. We'll just get through the awards and battle of us, and then we can just kind of debrief about that. All right, sure. Okay. I'll just give sure, my quick yeah. thoughts. The stick is way too much, in my opinion. Um, the only reason why it's such a big story is because it's versus the Leafs, and that was it. You're right. Like, for sure. If it was against a team Hello? like Florida, yeah. or that, oh, then, okay. like, for sure, this would not. This would be a nothing story if it was against a team like that. But for sure, it's a big deal because he was playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs, so. <laughs> Embarrassing, though, on the least part. <laughs> the, the Leafs, we can talk about them later. Yeah. So, to well, the Golden Plunger right now. You know what? They probably could have deserved the Golden Plunger just for that game, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> they rebounded, <laughs> thankfully, for you two. Yeah, they rebounded against uh, maybe Vesna winner, Andre Vazhevsky, but they couldn't beat a Samboni driver. Don't get that. But, yeah, the Golden Plunger could have went to them, but it is going to another uh, another two teams in this category so flush that toilet and my golden plunger for the week is going to the pittsburgh penguins who are very active in the trade market this uh this january and this february uh they've lost five straight games we mentioned that at the beginning of the episode and they lost to four teams lower in the standings to them so that's the buffalo sabers the anaheim ducks and the the ally kings and then uh the toronto maple leafs are lower than them because of the you know the wild card stands and whatnot uh nobody likes that but yeah, they lost five straight games, lost four teams lower than them. Uh, Sid only has one goal in five games. That's a concern, and that's his only point in those five games. Uh, he's been pretty good, but you know, just hasn't got on the board for them a while. Uh, Gino Malkin, Jason Zucker, and Patrick Hornfisk have been the only consistent players. I believe Malkin has like four or three points in five games, which is not terrible. Yeah, at least he's scoring. And then Zucker, I believe, has three goals or two goals in this stretch, and then Hornfisk has like three points or whatnot, but... You know, they need to get, like, they've been getting players back from injury now, and I don't, I don't think there's an excuse anymore for that excuse about the injuries. And I think they just need to get more, way more consistent, and their goalies need to be a lot better. I mean, Murray's back to his old form. He has not had a good stretch, and his save percentage has, the lowest has been uh, 8 6 7 in three games, and Yari has been 9 oh, 9 in two games. So they definitely need to be better. They play the San Jose Sharks tonight. I'm teeing them up for a win, and uh, yeah, let's hope they see it because the Pittsburgh Penguins, they've had injuries all season, and now they're kind of starting to get all the players back, and they're just, they're just losing now when it's kind of like, oh, like you should be winning now. You're getting all your players back, but no, it's kind of the opposite right now, but the Pittsburgh Penguins are definitely deserving of the Golden Plunger, but I, th- I think they'll get back on track. All right, so Thomas already mentioned that we could easily give the Golden Plunger to the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. I decided not to give it to them. I'm going to give it to an individual player who hasn't really been himself recently. I'm going to give it to Mitch Marner. He has only two assists this past week, which isn't terrible. But in the past month of February, he's only scored two goals. I don't know. He's just at watching him play. He hasn't been himself lately. It seems like I think he needs to find his stride again. When you're playing on the top line with Austin Matthews and Zach Hyman on the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think uh, you should definitely be putting puck in the net more than two times in a month mm-hmm. uh so personally i just i honestly want to give mitch marner a little boost that's why i'm picking him because i have him on my fantasy team i traded for him earlier this season and 
it'd be nice to get some point production from him. So I'm simply picking him to boost him up a little bit. So Mitch <laughs> Marner, you're getting my plunger. All right. So I'm going to pick another team, another Metropolitan team uh, for my plunger, and it's going to be the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are 1-5-5 five, and five in their last 11. So they have one win in their last 11 games, but they've had a ton of injuries all year long. We all know this. We all know that mm-hmm. a lot of players left in the offseason, Matt Duchesne, Artemi Panarin, Sergei Bobrovsky, just to name a few, mm-hmm. Ryan Dezingle, but... This is not an ex- this is just embarrassing. Like I didn't even realize how bad this stretch was. I knew they were kind of falling off a little bit, but there's no way they're going to make the playoffs. If they have one win in the last 11, like we kind of mentioned earlier, the Rangers have been playing a lot better. I know they lost last night, but they their goaltending's a little bit of, of an issue right now too, the Rangers, but Chris Kreider went down, but I think they'll I think they'll squeak in maybe as a second wild card and it'll be Philly and them mm-hmm. for the wild card. So yeah, Columbus has just really fallen off the map. Like they're big. Like I don't even know who's leading the team in points, but whoever it is must have less than fifty points. <laughs> like not even close to fifty, maybe. So they're just they just can't score really. They play hard for what they have. They lock in talent, so they play hard. But it just it's I think it's just catching up to them now. Really been falling off recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just caught court back. So I mean, yeah. I got lit up yesterday. Yeah, like, like I don't know. They kind of, not to say like, you know, all right, see you, Elvis Mers Lincolns, but they kind of should have kept him in. He's been pretty hot the past few games, but again, he is one win. So, yeah, you got to try and kind of change things up well, there. Elvis but. got hurt though this week. I'm pretty sure. Well, he was only day to day, I think, but uh, I know that he did suffer like a minor injury. I don't remember what it was. I think it was mm-hmm. on Tuesday or Wednesday night. Something like that. Yeah, he does have less than 50 points. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, 46 and 66. So Yeah, that's not going to get you anywhere. Well, yeah, he doesn't. I mean, I don't blame him, man. He doesn't have the talent around him, to be honest. I mean, his line mate last year, I think, was Cam Atkinson. He's only played 44 games, 26 points. So that also has to do. Like, they've just been injured all year. Like, Oliver Bjorkstrand is having a phenomenal year, 21 goals. And he got injured as well. Like, they've just been banged up all season long. Seth Jones out for the year. Yeah, like, it's it's not right in Columbus right now. But, I mean, Torts is doing a pretty good job of what for what he has. I mean, a lot of AHL guys have been coming up and stepping up. But, yeah, 1-5-5 one, one, five and five is unacceptable, especially in you're trying to make playoffs. So, yeah, that's a good pick, Joe, in my opinion. So, Jason's back. Uh, we're doing What You Say. So, we actually have audio for this one. So, Jason, what we're playing. What you say. This one was kind of funny for me because... Uh, I said this to my buddy. He started flipping out on Twitter. Uh, this is, I think, Derek Willis or Willies of the Calgary Flames uh, fan five. I don't know what it is in uh, Calgary of sports and or whatever. Uh, he tweeted out that Johnny Gaudreau has left practice early, and uh, the audio here is going to tell you why he left practice early. So Johnny Gaudreau, take it away. I had to pee, talk to Warda, <laughs> and then realize. Uh, well, Warda said there's only like two minutes left in practice, so uh, he said it was good just to get off and. Uh, got off and your phone was blowing up so uh, i don't think you nothing to worry about a pretty good troll job on johnny Gaudreau to do this because yeah you know, I had, traded. yeah yeah so like he hasn't been good this year and just to leave practice early and kind of speculate oh during that, the trade deadline yeah <laughs> like on trade deadline day to leave practice and just get the media going like wow 
Yeah, that was, that was funny. That was really funny. Honestly, the media got horny as soon as they saw him. <laughs> yeah, articles ready to go. I was so confused when I when I saw that on Twitter. I was like, "There's been no speculation of the Flames making a big move like that at all. Why? Why would he just be leaving the ice?" Like I was really confused. Mm-hmm. And then I saw his his quote after, and I was dying. It was funny, man. Definitely did it on purpose later, Johnny. So yeah, he definitely got the media for that one. Uh, we'll move into the Battle of the Buds segment where it's been pretty good this season between me and Joe. Kind of pissed last week because I went 1-2. and two. Joe went 2-1. and one. So now we're tied 35-22. and 22. Uh, Flager's still trying to catch up. He went 2-1 and one last week. He has an overall record of 28-29. and 29. Not over 500 yet, but you're trying to get the leap here. Uh, what games did you pick for this coming, upcoming week, Flager? All right, my first game. I had the shitty choice this week because I'm blaming my terrible record on the fact that you and Joe always make your picks before me. So I'm, I'm left with the little, the leftovers here. So, okay, I, I think I'm, I'm confident in my picks this week, though. Uh, so March 4th will be my first pick. I'm going to take the Vancouver Canucks, who are playing at home against the Arizona Coyotes. I think the Canucks are simply a better team here, um, especially with that addition of Toffoli uh, in their forward lineup. Mm-hmm. I think... He's been really, really hot for them, and they've been looking good. I know that their goalies, their goalie situation is kind of messed up right now, but I think Canucks will take that. Uh, then I'm going to take the Toronto Maple Leafs against the LA Kings on March 5th. Leafs haven't been looking too hot. They've been very streaky, um, but I think they're the better team there. And if, if they lose to the Kings, that's embarrassing. So I'm going with the Leafs there. <laughs> um, and then my last pick of the week. Is also on March fifth. I'm gonna take the Tampa Bay Lightning to beat the Montreal Canadiens. Joe's not a fan of that one, but I am a fan. I want him to lose every game from from okay. February 29th to April fifth. Uh, that would be a debacle, man. That team would get ripped a new one. But okay. yeah, uh, for my picks, I'm taking the Flames, who are going to the Tampa Bay Lightning's home arena, Amalie Arena today. Uh, that will be today. I'm taking the Avs going to the Red Wings on March second. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are host the Ottawa Senators on March 3rd. So I'm taking uh, the Golden Knights as the Kings visit them tomorrow, March 1st. I have the Golden Knights at home because they've been hot. I have the Battle of the Titans in Tampa mm-hmm. Bay on March 3rd. Bruins at Lightning. And I'm going to take the Bruins away in that game. And then on March 4th, the Ducks visit Colorado. And I have the Avalanche winning at home. Yeah, that was I like the Bruins against the Lightning, same. to be honest. Because, well, for two reasons. From a gambling standpoint, I think the Bruins should be underdogs in that game, so I think you can get them at plus money. So, I mean, if they do win and you put money on them, then you're making a nice little profit there. Uh, and for the second reason, I think that the Bruins, honestly, like with their new lineup now, I think they're going to do some damage. We will see for sure. Yeah, those good picks. I mean, I have the Lightning today. They've lost four straight, and then the Flames just lost a heartbreaking loss on Thursday night. So both teams are going to be hungry, and both teams, you know, have like, uh, Flames have to start kicking things up because they are not in a great position. Nashville, I think, just tied them or overtook them in the standings for the Western Conference playoff race. So they kind of need to win as well, and the Lightning have lost four straight, and Vashlevsky, I mean, been kind of cock lately so yeah he's got to get back on track so yeah go all good picks around and yeah we've been waiting for this moment for a long time joe your uh, meatball has been in the fridge it's been thawing out what is the spicy meatball for this week so now it's finally made the marinara taste just right this time 
after uh, two weeks of dethawing and cooking. Yeah. So my spicy meatball for this week is a team from the Metropolitan Division will once again win the Stanley Cup. Because all the, all the Metro teams made pretty big moves. Not big moves, but they all were active, I would say. The big three. Can I get some odds, please? <laughs> I don't have them in front no, of I'm, me. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. There's definitely no odds for that. That's not something you can probably bet on. I like, I like this, though. Okay. I'm... I'm... Maybe. Um, I'm going to say maybe yes, because there is a good chance that Metropolitan teams could come through with the Stanley Cup. And win the Stanley Cup, I mean, because right now there would be five Metropolitan teams going into the playoffs. Yeah. That, that's the most you could get from a division. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, see, the only team I could really see winning is the Capitals, I think. I don't know if Pittsburgh is going to do it this year. Maybe the Islanders, if it is going to be a team from the Metro. I think it'll be either the Capitals or the Islanders, to be honest. Probably the Capitals over the Islanders. But I don't know. I'm going to say no because I, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah, you caught me off guard. It's, I know. That's, that's spices, too. Can't there's like, the heat. Yeah, there's like hot one spice on that one. Uh, packing heat this week. Yeah, you're packing red devil heat right now. I don't know. Uh, for me, like, I don't know why. But in the back of my mind, I have a strange like thing that the Philadelphia Flyers will win the Stanley Cup. I, I have no really? way. <laughs> yeah, I have I have no reason to kind of back that up. I think like Carter Hart can get just really hot and oh man, like I, I'm gonna a say huge contract if they did. Holy I'm gonna say yes. And that's because right now they have five teams making the playoffs. And then behind those five teams is the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. So Exactly, yeah. <laughs> They have the best odds in the National Hockey League. As Flager said, they're, they're going to have five teams representing the Metropolitan Division in the playoffs. Uh, most maybe, likely. Well, yeah, I'm most assuming. Likely. Like, most yeah. likely. Yeah, most likely. So they'll, they'll have the best odds there. And then Washington's a force. Philadelphia, again, I have that strange feeling. I don't know why. Pittsburgh added. Uh, New York Islanders have that acquisition of J.G. Pajot. And then Columbus, Carolina, the Rangers have really good players too. I, I'm going to say yes, uh, just because, you know, We've seen it before. Pittsburgh can go on a run. Washington's won the cup, and yeah, other teams are good. But that's a good, that's a good spicy meatball. I'm, I'm gonna say yes. Okay, so I the, really want to say also... no, though. I honestly... okay, okay. Because I think there's I know there's other good teams three, too. Like... There's three teams that aren't in the Metro that I think deserve a cup that have not won recently. And that is Vegas Golden Knights. I think they definitely deserve one. I think they could easily... I could see them winning a cup. Mm -hmm. I could see Boston, like last year, but actually winning the cup this year. And then I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are another team that... They've been so good in the past five years, and they haven't made... Or, I mean, they haven't uh, went all the way and actually won a cup. I think I could see them winning a cup, too. I don't know. Like I, I just I think I'm gonna go with no. To be honest, I'm gonna go with the field, and not the Metropolitan. All right, all right. Yes, that was a good one. I like that. That honestly though, the Metropolitan, they're one of the closest divisions. Yeah, they're the strongest, I'd say. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, only one bad team, the Devils. That's it. Yeah, because like 
don't know. There's again, like Flager said, there's like a field of teams that are also good. Like Vegas, man, they get hot. Good night, yeah, Vegas, St. Really Louis, think... Colorado. Like, yep, that's why I said Metro. It's a spicy meatball, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. What it's here for. Yeah, I really think it. Vegas is gonna go on a run. I think I, I'm predicting it now. I think Vegas could win the Stanley Cup this year. We will see. There's a lot sure. of teams, man. Like honestly, like some teams just like remember Washington. Nobody said they were gonna win the Cup that year. Come on. Nobody. It was yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning all the way, man. It's and then true. nobody yeah, said Vegas was going to go to the finals. Nobody said St. Louis was going to even make the playoffs. Yeah, but they here's win. the thing, though. When was the last time there was like that one team that Chicago. everyone thought was going to win the cup, and then they did win the cup? You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is that that season is going to happen eventually again. Will it be this year? Who knows? It could. Maybe not. It could. Exactly though. right. Yep. So like that's bound to happen. That's a good observation. Uh, that's definitely like it hasn't happened in years, so I don't I don't know, but yeah, it's it's tough right now. But yeah, that's a good spicy meatball. Um, you know, I'd say I, I said I was gonna leave my comments for the end of the episode to talk about David Ayers and the you know the debacle the Leafs had. So uh, the, the, now is the time to talk about that. My take on this whole story thing is, you know, great for David Ayers. You know, Zamboni driver of uh, the MLSC, which owns the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, that's pretty. That's a pretty good joke there uh, that you're getting one of your employees. Because what if he went in the net and just didn't save anything? I think How about Carolina would have lost two points in a crucial playoff race. Thank you. And what is the NHL going to do about it? What do they say? We don't know yet. Hmm. Well, if you don't know yet... I, figure something out because what if he goes in there and doesn't save a puck huh what if he does that carolina is going to lose two points that they could use for a playoff run and now with the leafs and that's in that storyline he won the game so he's taking again their own employee is taking away points that he works for the team he works for the organization he works for he just took away two points from the toronto Maple Leafs. yes the maple leafs sucked and they couldn't get around the carolina hurricanes d but that should never ever happen to a team and that now that's happened to again the Toronto Maple Leafs which is probably the most talked team in the National Hockey League it's a big storyline now he's been on every show he's been on Stephen Colbert he's been on whatever shows he's been on and again we mentioned it if this happens against the Florida Panthers or like some other team this is not like this like the, the, the biggest troll job is the Hall of Fame is in Toronto and he gets his stick inducted into the Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Fame uh, thing, the glass thing they have here in Toronto. He's from Toronto. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what this says about the NHL, but like they really have to fix this rule. And I'm not saying this because it happened against the Leafs, dude. If it happens against any other team, that's a joke. That's like, I don't know. What, what, like, uh, a fan going in as quarterback for the New England Patriots? Like, is like that the same thing? I don't know. Equivalent. Like, a pitcher, like a fan coming in who's played, like, one there's year of high school things. baseball pitching for the yeah, New England Patriots? Yeah, there's a Yankees? lot of... Like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things they from do, the They really have to fix that. And exactly, yeah, that too. Dude, they gave so. him, like, 500 bucks. Like, if, <laughs> it needs to be more compensation. If he got hurt in that game... If Aries got hurt in that game, imagine what would happen. Like, the like media would freak. He could out. sue his own organization. Who knows? He could like he could yeah like just there's a lot of shit that could go wrong with that whole emergency backup thing. I don't know. I'm not a <laughs> just fan the, of wor- the worst part, part about it. Side. No, it's I, I don't I I really like the story. Like I'm not even joking. Like 
it's embarrassing at least, but who the fuck cares, dude? Like, that's an amazing story. Like, he comes into a game and wins a game. Just my thing on is it, dude, he's an employee for the Leafs. Like, you, you couldn't find anyone else. Like, you couldn't find a better goalie. You couldn't find a goalie that has nothing to do with the Leafs. Like, remember Scott Foster a few years ago? He was just, I don't, he's not even an employee for the Blackhawks, but he went into the game. I mean, he wasn't a fan of the Winnipeg Jets who lost that game. I mean, like, this guy went into a situation, John Tavares scores on the first shot, and everyone's like, oh, here we go. They're going to score 10 goals on this guy, and Carolina's going to look embarrassing. And then, I, thank God I didn't watch the third period, because I would have, you know, I wouldn't have an iPhone 6, as Joe said. A week you would ago. not at all. So, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have that phone anymore. But, like, Jude, the league just needs to, like, do something about this. Because that ain't right. But We're going to talk about the GM meetings, apparently. Right after that game, Elliot Friedman was basically saying, like, this is now, like, number one on the GM's meetings list. Yeah, so... That's my take on it. Oh like, I don't God. hate Of course, man. it's like, recency crap. bias, man. Anything, people are so caught up in what recently happened. Eh? Like, that's a perfect example of it. Emergency backup comes in, steals a game, and then now that's the number one thing on the GM meeting list. Like, come on. <laughs> Get your <laughs> yeah. shit out. Well, Get your shit together. Okay, so, we'll end the episode with talking about something that happened historically for Canada hockey uh, yesterday. It was the 10-year anniversary of Sidney Crosby's golden goal in the Vancouver Olympics where he scored against Ryan Miller. He tucked it under the pad under the five-hole and won 3-2 for Team Canada to win the gold medal on home ice. So, just want to ask both of you, where were you where that was? Where, where were you guys when that goal was scored? All right. Well, I was 10 years old, and I we would practice every Sunday night, every week, in my personal hockey and um, this game was happening about the same time as my practice. So I got dressed at home. I was sitting in my hockey equipment watching overtime of that gold medal game. And I remember, I think our whole team was late to that practice because it, it, it overlapped with our practice time. But I remember at that practice, we were just freaking out. I think we ended up just having fun in, in our practice afterwards. Damn. But yeah, I was sitting at home in my hockey equipment waiting to go to practice Wait, well waiting for a goal to be scored to see the outcome of the game so yeah that's where i was well that's a good story mine's not even that entertaining <laughs> i was just sitting at home i was i was 11 i was um i was so pissed that the usa tied it i think with like a, just over a minute and a half left in the game to tie it and i was like so pissed i'm like what the <laughs> hell so then I was just watching overtime. I was so nervous. And then, yeah, I was just at home. And then I scored and I sellied. And that was it. <laughs> what, what an interesting story. Not, not glamorous at all. It's not Flager where he was on his way to practice. No, I was at home. Up. I was sitting. I was like, a, you know, like when you get dressed like a Timmons player, you get dressed before going to practice. I was at home sitting in my equipment waiting to go <laughs> but that's 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 like a hockey story that's so inspirational i was just sitting on my ass doing nothing <laughs> very boring story uh, well i guess uh, my my story could top that one but um no i was at gray wolf lodge with my family for family day that was the next day and uh we were just watching the whole game i i was watching the whole game they said go down the water park i'm like no i'm not going down to the water park to watch like this is like the biggest game in canada history against the u.s like, I've never seen this before. So I was in my uh, the hotel room, I guess you could say, and we were having popcorn, and then Cindy Crosby obviously scored the goal. 
popcorn went everywhere. It was on the fan. It was in the beds. And then, yeah, and then he scored that goal. And I was just amazing to see it with my family and stuff like that. And then I remember the day we were leaving, the, the cleaning lady comes in and is like, why is all this popcorn on the floor? And they're like, oh, Sidney Crosby scored the game-winning goal. They were like, oh. So, like, I went to bed that night, and there was popcorn in the bed of, nice. of where I was sleeping. And so, yeah, that was a pretty good story there. Great Such Wolf a Lodge. waste of popcorn, thanks to Sidney Crosby. Yeah, thanks to Sydney. Thank you, Sidney Crosby, for wasting a $2 <laughs> bag of popcorn for my family. No, thank but also thank you for the memories. That was – I will never forget that. That was crazy. Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest goals I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, thanks. that Sydney. was the day. That was the day when Lake Ontario was filled with tears. Yeah, yeah that was like that just was to score in home soil too, and it's Sidney Crosby. It's the face of hockey. Yeah, yeah that was great. Like couldn't it couldn't, get any, been, couldn't get any bigger. Yeah, no. it couldn't get any better for sure. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, Sidney Crosby's definitely one of my favorite players. I, I don't know about Joe. Joe's more of an OV guy, so. Yeah, uh, honestly, I think I'm more of an OV guy now, too, to be honest. Oof. Which is bold to say. Like, Crosby, don't get me wrong, he's great. I But I just, growing up, like, I would really only watch him when he would come to Toronto or play the Leafs. And I I honestly, I watch OV more than I watch Crosby, I think, and that's why I like, what, I mean, I like Ovechkin more as a player. Well, he's more entertaining when he's on the ice, that's for sure. That That is true. In terms yeah. of showing emotion. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, but and Sydney we did Crosby. write. We wrote an article about that, Joe. We didn't even. Yes, we did. It. Yeah, you got to plug wrote, that in. Yeah, we wrote a little article on the BreakdownSports.com about uh, Alex Ovechkin's career so far, um, leading up to his 700th goal. And now and is when he hits 800, we'll have to write another one. Yeah, basically. Well, that won't be very long because at this pace, he's going to get 800 in what two seasons? At the yeah. beginning of two seasons, if he really Maybe, scores. Yeah. So, Did yeah, you guys, yeah. you saw what Gretzky said about um, Ovechkin hitting 700? Yeah. He was talking yes, about he how... Yeah, he had 800. He was talking about how Gordie Howe, uh, like, when Gretzky was chasing Gordie Howe's record, Gordie Howe would, like, come to every game. Every game, like, he had a chance at breaking that record, Gordie Howe would be there, and he was the first one there to congratulate him. Wow. Um, when Gretzky, Gretzky hit that record, and Gretzky wants to do the same for Ovechkin if... That time comes. Hmm. That's pretty that special. Was neat. Yeah, that, that'd be really cool, I think. OV, my boy. Well, uh, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up. Any last words for both of you? No. Oh, well, that's, that's a bummer. Actually, actually, I do. Never mind. <laughs> I have, I, I don't know when it's going to come out because I am, like I said earlier in the episode, because it's been a long one. I'm getting railed this weekend, so I don't know if I'll have this out during the weekend, but I'm just basically going to be looking at the Canadian, the semi-Canadian teams, kind of ranking them mm-hmm. post-deadline. And I'll tell you right now, Montreal will be lost and not yeah. Ottawa just due to the deadline. I'm expecting so, that. Yes, so I will be doing that, and that should be out within the next few days, hopefully. All right, solid. I, I don't have anything to say. I already talked about uh, the article Joe and I put together about Ovechkin's 700th goal. That's really all I have to say this week. All right. I guess I'll do my wrap things up. Uh, point leaders, goal leaders, win leaders. I do it every episode. It's pretty boring. But anyways, Leon Dreisler leads the league with 99 points. So one more to the century mark. Goal leaders, David Pasternak with 46 goals. He surpassed Matthews last week. And then the win leaders is still 32 wins, Andre Vashevsky. He hasn't won in a while, but could get the dub tonight versus the Calgary Flames. 
And it's also great where we can talk about Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin one episodes with big milestones. So 10 year anniversary for the Golden Goal and 700 goals for Alexander Ovechkin. That's been episode 20 of End to End. We will be back next Saturday. Join us. Woo!